Wings of Faith. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Trapper, and I invite you to join me as we go through powerful life lessons from Shah Habitachim based on the Shiorim of Rav Asher Zelig Rubenstein, Zechert Salik Levracha. Wings of Faith, Shah Habitachim Chapter 6, Anti-Collateral Demands from Hashem. Episode 73, Uprooting Prepayment Demands, Shah Habitachim Chapter 6. Rav Asher. There is a common misconception that many have when they begin to learn about Bitachon. They try to make a deal with Hashem that says, God, give me everything that I need right now, and then I will serve you. Give me unlimited cash flow, and then I will learn, daven, do mitzvos, and all that you ask of me. You certainly are allowed to ask Hashem for all that you need, and you are encouraged to do so. But when it becomes a prerequisite for your service, this is foolish and misguided. Chobos calls people who make this demand, bale mashkanos, those who demand collateral and explains in this chapter that one who demands this from Hashem is terribly mistaken and needs to learn the correct perspective. More than being a victim of illogical and irrational thinking, the demander loses out because he delays learning and practicing bitachon, which would have led to his personal success and happiness in life had he not made those unreasonable demands. Chobos We have no right to demand from Hashem full security before serving Him. We will show the fallacy of this approach in seven compelling ways. Number one, when a person gets a job with a set wage, he doesn't tell his boss, I want a collateral to prove that you will pay me. Even more so, if he is a slave, he has no right to demand a collateral from his master. So too, we cannot ask this of Hashem. Number two, if you ask Hashem for all you need, and only then will you agree to serve him, there is never enough money that you could receive. Number three, you owe Hashem so much, how could you demand for him to give you money in advance, as well as all that he does for you? Number four, the three suspicions as to why someone demands collateral do not apply to Hashem. These will be enumerated later. Number five, even if you put a number on your demand and receive it, you can lose the money. Number six, someone who is trustworthy to pay is not required to give collateral. Number seven, how do you know that you will pay off your end of a deal? We cannot even pay Hashem back for the past, and thus certainly cannot guarantee him any future payback for what we owe him each day. Lev Tov Summary Rabasher the demanders being discussed here are regular people. They go to shul and perform mitzvos, they keep Shabbos and kosheris, and learn Torah, but they don't serve Hashem with all their hearts and energy. Rebchatzko Levinstein often used to quote the Zohar in Nasso 126a. This was the only Zohar that he quoted, actually, explicitly. Zohar reads, Man walks through this world, thinking that it will all be his, always, and he will remain in this world forever, for all generations. We need to learn about our own mortality, which leads us to focus on what's really important in life. This will bring us to Bitochon and Avodah Hashem without delay and without demands from Hashem. We need to have Bitochon and serve Hashem today without pushing it off. The truth is that most of us easily fall into the trap of being Bali Mashkanos. We don't trust the Kaddish Baruch Hu for tomorrow's Parnasa. We were never taught otherwise. When we think about Chobos Halavos' point, it makes total sense. Imagine if a bucher goes to the lunchroom and eats a tasty meal. At the end of the meal, he walks over to the cook and says, Sir, please put out tomorrow's lunch now. The cook replies, bewildered, What do you mean? The student replies, Although you have provided a tasty lunch today and have done so for the past many years, I now want to see proof that you will provide a tasty lunch tomorrow by seeing it now. The cook laughs at the request of this fool. Asking for Hashem to provide tomorrow's parnasa today shows the same foolishness and disrespect. Chobos I want to show the foolishness and ignorance of those who think that they have a right to demand collateral from Hashem by saying, I will only serve Hashem if He gives me parnasa for myself and that of my household beforehand. This chapter's content will disprove, rebuke, and embarrass one who still holds this view. 
When a storekeeper demands collateral to extend credit to a customer, this is because he either doesn't trust the man or fears that he will be unable to repay the loan. Those who hold the view of the Bali Mashkanos express their distrust in Hashem. Ravasher, we will see below that the reason he uses the word embarrass is not as a personal affront, but rather it is intentional. Chos Avalos will show us why we should be embarrassed before Hashem to have the audacity to ask for such a request. Chos Avalos, reason one. When a person gets a job with a set wage, he doesn't tell his boss, I want collateral to prove you will pay me. Even more so, if he is a slave, he cannot demand collateral from his master. So too, we cannot ask this of Hashem. Someone who demands collateral from Hashem has allowed the darkness of his desires to overshadow his reasoning. Do you not trust in Hashem and therefore want to see the Parnassah of tomorrow in front of your eyes now? The darkness of your desires has taken you over. Only from your friends is it justified to take a collateral, because they are not in your control and do not answer to your command. But as a day worker, you cannot ask this from your boss. Surely a servant cannot ask this from his master. A creature that was created cannot ask this from his maker. Even a slave is looked down upon for demanding reward after doing his own work. As it says in Avos 1.3, Do not be like slaves who serve their master with a focus on their reward. Surely, for one to demand reward before his work was carried out is even worse and even more disrespectful. Number two, if you ask Hashem for all you need, and only then will you serve him, there is never enough money that you could receive. Every mashkon has a limit, but this man has no limit to what he wants from Hashem. You don't know how much money each of your future descendants will need, as each will live a different number of years and have various needs and desires. Your request is not satiable. Number three, you owe Hashem so much. How could you demand for him to give you money in advance? If you owe a friend a large sum of money, and he asks to borrow a small coin from you, you would not ask him for a mashkon. You owe him so much more, even more so when it comes to Hashem. Even if you gathered all your good deeds, they would not account for all that you owe Hashem already for his kindness that he does for you. How can man not be embarrassed to make this ridiculous demand from Hashem? One of the Hasidim used to ask people, Would you feel it were fair for Hashem to demand for you to fulfill your obligations of tomorrow, or of the next week or month, right here and right now, today? They would reply, It would not be fair for him to demand us to perform now, based on future days, which we may not even live to see. When we reach tomorrow, we will perform that which is required of us then. The Hasid would then counter, So too, it is unfair to demand from Hashem that he provide you with reward for tomorrow, or for the future at the present time? Why is it that men still demand and seek our parnasa for years to come before they even reach that day? Urbasher. No one knows how long he will live. Sachem, 54b. I went to be Menachem of someone whose mother passed away suddenly. The day she passed away, she had gone shopping with her daughter-in-law and was very happy to have bought two quality pairs of shoes that would last a lifetime. She passed away shortly thereafter, leaving a powerful message about life and how short it is. This is similar to the Gemara in Gittin, 68b, that Ashmedai laughed at a man who ordered shoes that would last seven years, when he would not even live another seven days. The last phrase of Hobos Havavah states that this man may die before repaying his debt to Hashem. Going even deeper, it could be that if he got the money, this itself would cause his death. I mentioned many times, see essay 63, that when a person gets rich, it can cause him to use all of his achuyos and die young. Sometimes Hashem exchanges the gazera of death with poverty. Ani chashav kemes, a pauper is considered dead, a darm 64b. And if he gets his money back, he will actually die. When we daven, we should always make a clause that we want only what's best for us. Leah daven because she didn't want to marry Esav. And she used that power to change the decree. See Rashi, Bracious 29.17. We can change decrees with our prayers, but we must always stipulate that Hashem should only provide us with our request if it's what's best for us. Thank you for joining me in that excerpt from Wings of Faith, a full elucidation of Shara B'Tochen, spiced with powerful lessons and stories that bring B'Tochen to life. Based on Mishurim, a Rav Asher Zeli Rubenstein Zatzal. Learn more and purchase at laveeras.com.